Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to Conversation on New Jersey Education, a Blog Talk Radio program uh, hosted by the New Jersey School Board Association. And it's a program dedicated to bringing the important educational issues and leaders to you. Uh, my name is Ray Penny. I'll be your host. I hope you feel free to join in on the conversation today. Uh, if you're interested in asking our qu- uh, question of our guests, all you have to do is call 1-347-989-8904 and then press the number 1 to indicate that on my switchboard that you are ready to ask a question. Uh, and then uh, our Jennifer, who's working on the switchboard, will get your name. Uh, where you're from it doesn't have to be the exact district; it could just be the county, and also um, you, what your question is. If you're listening on, if you're listening on the phone, I would ask you in the computer. I would say that you turn the volume down on one or the other because there's a slight delay. Okay, uh, and also we have a chat room open, and if you want to log on to the chat room, you can do that. You, do need to register with Blog Talk Radio, but we'll be monitoring the chat room and taking those questions uh, and passing them on to our guests. Um, our local schools, in many cases, are the center of their community. It is often the largest employer in the district. Uh, it is also on the location, on average, where the most people are employed and with the students, probably the most people located within the district, within the community. For the staff and students, it's where the people spend the majority of their time, so it's important to have a a uh, imp- uh, healthy working environment. It's also a place where, as I said, the biggest business, so there's a lot of finances involved. When I first heard the term sustainability, Jersey for schools, uh, my mind raced immediately to the green initiative. But today we're going to talk a little bit in, in depth about that because it's a, little, a lot more than that. Uh, with me, I'd like to introduce our three guests. First, I have uh, Donna Drews from the uh, the College of New Jersey and the co-director of Sustainable Jersey. Welcome, Donna. Welcome. Thank you ha- for having me. I also have Scott McCartney, who's a superintendent at Egg Harbor Township School District. Welcome, Scott. Hi, Ray. It's a pleasure. And I, I will add that Scott is also one of the three county uh, three superintendents of the year. So congratulations on that award. Thank you very much. Okay, and also is Heather not. And last but not least is Heather McCall, who's the program director for Sustainable Jersey for Schools. Welcome, Heather. Glad to be here, Ray. Okay, uh, Don, I'm going to start with you. Um, as I said in my monologue, uh, we all have a vision as to what sustainability is. What is it in relationships to schools' uh, sustainability? Sure. Most. Most people, when they think about sustainability, tend to focus on the environmental side of it. Um, it's really it, you know, easy to think about issues related to the planet. I mean, are we, um, for example, teaching our children good stewardship of the resources, things about recycling and energy conservation? But um, sustainability really includes three kind of um, legs of a stool in order to really uh, address all the issues. So the other issue that we um, ask our schools and our communities uh, to think about are prosperity. So um, within the context of a school setting, it's, it's about, one, are, are the schools using their resources wisely, um, saving money where they can, um, because we know every dollar saved in, in a direct cost goes into providing a stronger and more robust education for our students. So are, are they being good fiscal stewards um, of their resources? 
And then also, are we thinking about the people and the children that are in our school environment? And are we doing things that make sure that uh, we create a really um, impactful learning environment where health issues are being addressed, where childhood obesity and needs related to the people? So it's about people, prosperity, and planet, and that's what sustainability really encompasses in our program. As we move forward, I'm going to just take each one of these a little bit separately. Uh, the prosperity is the financial aspect of the, the, mm-hmm. one of the three P's. And w- a little bit more detail, is that about uh, energy usage or paper-saving money? Yeah, well, those are both really good examples. And actually, Scott, I know, can can give, can give some great numbers on where their school district's done an amazing job um, with saving fun- money around energy conservation and energy upgrades. But it really is about things like that. So helping our school districts understand where there's um, the ability to save money um, with, um, you know, by t- undertaking different actions or avoid um, spending money on resources. So um, thinking about ways to use electronic and technology Technology, uh, instead of um, you know uh, um, printing materials out and resources in the classroom, or is there online platforms and venues that would help? Um, are there ways to save money around uh, bus routing and um, um, you know by by thinking about your fleets in your in your school district? So there's a lot of ways really that schools can, through operation and maintenance and direct energy efficiency programs, can save money for their schools and their districts. Scott. You know, uh, I, I know everybody likes to be environmentally uh, correct and recycle, but the financial component, I think, would probably uh, interest a lot of uh, school officials, board members included. How did your districts, if you know, how did they look at this? And did you save any money? With, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great question. Um, you know, I agree with Donna's position. People, prosperity, and planet. You know, our our school system, you know, I like to characterize it is that we kind of were stuck between this place uh, of dealing with passions and need or passion versus pragmatism. And so as a school system, I think most schools can say that they've got teachers or students or parents or members of the community partnerships with a lot of places that have a real passion about the environment. And we've had some success in school systems for decades in, in moving those issues forward. What I saw as a superintendent in really the 2008, 2009, and that general time period where schools were struggling and really our general national economy and global economy was was failing, was that it really moved uh, to a place uh, where passions were important, but they also saw that there was a real fiscal savings and a real fiscal need. And um, we we definitely saw that. And it it started with, uh, you know, conversations at the board level, conversations administratively with vendors and other folks to say, how can you help us um, attack parts of our budget that we typically haven't looked at in a great way? So how can we, how could we find better energy efficiency with the things that we had? Since school boards and school budgets are so fixed with costs around uh, staffing and benefits and things of that nature, we saw there was a very small portion of the budget that we could control, and we had to start looking at other ways to, to tackle those fixed costs. Uh- by their nature, uh, and maybe with the term sustainability, Scott, is are these are you looking almost a little bit more long term? These are not just short term, one time savings. Are these like long term savings? It's a combination of both. I think to be successful as a superintendent, um, you have to balance. You have to have some short term wins uh, in order to gain momentum for things happening. So, 
you know, some of our longer-term projects started around construction. Egg Harbor Township was a school district with a tremendous amount of growth in the decade from 2000 to 2010 due to the casino industry. And so we were building new buildings. And then when we were building new buildings and adding on to existing buildings, we took a look at some of those uh, areas that were energy consumers in terms of our boilers, our chillers, our hot water system, looking at energy-efficient windows and lighting, and those started to return on our investment. A big push for our school district was solar. Um, we were able to sell some of those referendums with showing that our solar production by putting solar panels on our schools will be able to offset the cost of constructing new buildings and facilities, not only in the short term, but also in a long-term process. And so our solar projects going back a decade or so now you know, have yielded us millions of dollars in savings, uh, not only in our energy production, but also in solar renewable, renewable energy credits, um, especially when those credits were high dollar yield, um, we were getting money back into our community. And, and then from there, it merged on to, well, what other ways can we save money? And then that became looking at our practices. And we found in a very short period of time that a lot of our energy practices weren't yielding great results and really didn't have a systemic plan on how to become more efficient. And that behavioral change has given us, again, another four-plus million dollars in cost avoidance for the last two or three years with a projected cost avoidance of somewhere around $15 million in the 10-year period of time. That's pretty serious money for a student mm. program and for um, saving jobs in our community. You know, you started off your program talking about how schools often are one of the largest employers in, in Egg Harbor Township. That's clearly the case. Uh, we have 11, almost 1,200 employees in the district and one of the largest businesses in our community. Uh, Heather, you know, Scott, in talking about it, he sustainable Jersey for schools, I don't know how you explain that, is, is new. It just launched. Uh, but he's been doing some of this stuff since 2008 and 2009, as he said. Uh, are a lot of school districts like that? So they wouldn't be starting, if they join this program, they're not really starting from point zero. That that's correct. Um, you know, nationally, New Jersey is second in the nation for solar use and solar insulation um, at schools. So we're already a state of of, of leaders um, in the area of energy improvements uh, with, to schools. So this program is just as much about um, giving giving schools and school districts resources and tools to uh, make their school more sustainable. Um, it's, it's as much about that as it is as celebrating the achievements of those schools that are, um, that are leaders and are already doing great things, uh, such as participating in the um, Green Ribbon Schools program at the, uh, at the national level and um, also participating in the Eco Schools program, uh, which has about 100-plus schools uh, participating in that program in New Jersey already. So, so schools uh, could get recognition, uh, and maybe we'll call this your fourth P, public relations. Uh, so they, for things that, in some cases, as they start, they'll, they'll change, I, I assume, and grow, but for things that they're already doing. Absolutely, and uh, and when we tested out this program, uh, we we visited with uh, several school districts and sort of, you know, put forth our our plan and our actions to them, and, and sort of asked them to look at where they were at already and what they think they could accomplish. And um, for many of those schools, um, they really appreciated the program structure as a roadmap um, to future success, or maybe help them branch out into areas that they may not have thought about um, before, such as connecting with the community. Um, 
um, or looking at their waste management policies or their integration um, uh, with, uh, you know, lesson plans in the classroom. So um, it, it's it's going to be a great resources for schools out there. Uh, Scott, I'm just going to uh, follow up on something that Heather just said. She said it's like a roadmap, and it seemed when you were talking about this kind of was what happened in your district, that once you started looking at one thing, you started looking at another, and it, and this was in the financial end of it, but is that true that you kind of it's a new way of looking at your resources? Absolutely. I, you know, I, that's what I love about Sustainable Jersey and, and what it's going to offer for schools, including my own. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly in going forward in with Sustainable Jersey because we just think it's it's the right thing, but it gives you a way to look at all the things you're doing. I, I would venture to say schools across New Jersey are doing so many good things, but all independent of another. And I know when we started to look in the Acre River Township schools about the different projects that teachers at each school were doing, and we said, well, what if we could team this with this, and what if we could replicate this process in another school and really start to see the power of that change happen? And taking that passion side of the argument and saying, okay, where can we tie these passions together for a greater good? And in a lot of our early days, uh, you know, they were little small wins. You know, we'd see a $500, um, you know, supply grant or something like that we could push forward to or some local uh, foundation grants. And then from there, that opened up an opportunity to a partnership with one of our utility companies or a, a health care agency, and that opened larger percentages or larger dollars for the schools and more recognition, which then, allowed us to get into some statewide things. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to be uh, one of the first in New Jersey, uh, green ribbon for the state, and then go on to be on the national level along with Disney Planet Challenges. So, you know, success breeds success. And each step along the way helps your staff to feel more confident. And and having a tool like Sustainable Jersey really opens up that door for schools on to what do we do with this next. And I think it's a great thing. Uh, Don, I have uh, two questions for you, but the first one, and I probably should have brought this up earlier on, uh, we're talking about sustainable sustainable Jersey for schools, but uh, this has been in the municipalities in New Jersey for quite a while, and it's been – how many, distri- how many uh, municipalities are participating in something similar on the municipal end? Yeah, we actually have 420 municipalities that are currently participating in our municipal program, and out of that um, – 420, we've actually certified 171. So what that means is that um, communities and now schools that are interested in participating in the program take a, you know, adopt a resolution and uh, saying they want to participate in the program and then create this leadership team or a green team in their schools and school districts or in their municipal governments. So uh, our municipal program has been around since um, 2009, and what we're really excited about is the opportunity to take what we've learned about developing best practices, using a certification model as a a vehicle to kind of help guide and drive change in schools and school districts. Um, We know it's really going to be successful because what we've been able to accomplish on the municipal side of the program. So we're excited about the, you know now now rolling out this program for schools and school districts in October, in partnership with New Jersey School Boards and a whole host of other great organizations. Yes, uh, Heather, are there other? I know New Jersey School Board Associations participating, but you don't have to list all of them. But there, almost all the other major educational groups are also participating. 
Absolutely. So um, if a board member or a parent is, is listening to the program right now and they're, you know, wondering how they can broach this subject, um, you know, locally, um, rest assured that, um, you know, through our relationships with program partners such as school boards association, principals and supervisors, um, business uh, administrators, um, teachers union, the PTA, New Jersey Buildings and Grounds, um, they have been hearing about this program um, you know, through various vehicles, um, conferences, talks, sessions, um, email blasts, um, through through us for you know for about a month or more now. So um, it it shouldn't be a new concept um, as they you know as they broach this topic and and you know ask some of their leaders about uh, participating in the program. Uh, Donna, uh, you know you, we talked about the three pillars, but actually we only talked about one pillar, uh, mm-hmm. which was the prosperity. Uh, I said in the opening that, you know, uh, it's about people, too, and and the people are both students and staff. Uh, Just talk a little bit about what that is and how how sustainability ties to that. Sure. One of the core things that that we want, I guess there's kind of two kind of focus areas under, um, you know, the people part of our program. You know, right now we know that um, we want to have children learn in an environment where – Issues related to wellness and obesity, childhood obesity, is, is a chronic problem in, in the U.S., and, in, and it's an issue in New Jersey as well. So there's a lot of actions in our program or guidance or best practices in our program that focus on staff and student wellness, um, student safety issues. Like, can we create places where students, where it's appropriate, um, can bike and walk to school um, and can we help support um, better food choices and things like school gardens as a great vehicle for student learning, teaching about nutrition? Um, and then the other big thing in a program deals with a healthy school environment. So uh, are we um, helping our schools and working with the facilities and the leadership and the administration in the school to think about things like um, asthma-friendly schools and removing asthma triggers and uh, moisture and mold issues and all those kind of indoor air quality things that um, if the if a school starts to address, we're going to have a healthier environment for student learning, which will um, support student success and will also um, address staff issues um, because a healthier environment is also really important there because it's less uh, days missed by staff because of, uh, you know, potentially issues related to the school environment. So we're really pleased that there's this really diverse group of uh, types of um, activities that we would hope schools would uh, try and implement um, related to the people side of the uh, sustainability framework. Um, Scott, the people side, is, you know, like I, as I said before, we have both students and your staff. Could you talk a little bit about uh, maybe the educational part of it and also the, the, the buy-in that you have from the staff? Sure. I, I think that... Um, I think that's really important. You know, without it, it's very difficult to gain momentum. And as you started off earlier saying, I, I think that in many schools that, that passion part of the equation exists. Uh, there are already teachers. So what was important to me as a leader within the school system was to find who those people are that were already doing sustainable activities within their classroom, principals who were willing to support and to use um, those people who already had that passion to sort of couple together with some of the pragmatic pieces of it. And so uh, I've been very fortunate in our school system. In fact, I was born and raised in Eggover Township and went through the schools. Uh, there was an educator who taught me uh, back when I was in third grade, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dave Crawford. He's since retired, 
but he had uh, just a passion for environment. I can remember him as a classroom teacher bringing the ecosystem into the classroom and bringing us outside of schools and sort of breaking down some of those walls and barriers and just sharing that passion. And as I got to know him as a, an educator and then an administrator in the school system, um, I got to see that his thinking was greater than that. And he really felt strongly that education could be taught through the entire uh, facet of what is sustainability and environment and that really all content area could sort of tap into that. So we developed a program called uh, the Catawba Project, and uh, listeners can find more information about that on our school district website uh, in Anchorage Township. But really, that was a way to sort of bring those individual stakeholders at different schools together in a concerted effort. Um, and then not only you know thousands of students, but also hundreds of vendors uh, in the Anchorage Township area and surrounding communities. And so once that sort of took place, I, I knew that we were at, at the step where we had the buy-in, and it really was created from the bottom up. And then with some leadership from the top down with our Board of Education and Administration, we were able to harness the power that was in that passion. And, uh, you know, I think kids are excited about it. You know, uh, kids are excited because they were tying science and math and history and social studies all into the environment. So there's something for every student uh, to be excited, and it really makes learning practical. Uh, our STEM initiatives, all those tie just superbly into this concept of sustainable so it's, it's really exciting to see students and staff um, step up into that environment and just get excited about teaching and learning. Uh, you mentioned STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. So this was a blend of just – I know when you talk about the passion, there's people who feel passionate about the environment, but you also then brought it into education as well as the, what we talked about before, the financial end of it. Is that correct? Sure, so, yes, that's correct. So, you know, it, as STEM has become a big part of it, we were able to take, you know, our science classes and, you know, having them not only learn about uh, things in their community and the environment, but also participate in activities. So we have students that are going out into some of the streams and the rivers, uh, part of Acreover Township's wetlands, and being a part of learning teams that are helping change environments and ecosystems and making a difference in their own community, not just straight books, two-dimensional learning, but that three-dimensional learning, that hands-on learning, which I think makes the, the environment more rich for the student and ultimately the learning uh, longer lasting because it's now realistic. And that's another aspect of sustainability. It's not just learning a, a topic or a concept and moving away to the next thing, but how can we take that information and apply it? And I think that you know, sustainability really marries that concept together nicely. Um, Heather, I mean... I actually could talk about Scott about that that learning aspect for all day, uh, but we were the word collaboration has come up a few times because it seems uh, as Scott was talking that this this involved the students, the staff, uh, parents, the community. Uh, is that when a district decides to enter this, is that part of the thing that they're looking at? Is that part of the green team? Absolutely. Um, you know, collaboration, you know, is, is, is was happening from the inception of this program. Those program partners that we talked about a few minutes ago um, all had seats at the table through 11 task forces 
um, helping us develop the actions and the action steps for um, all the components of the program. And um, at the local level, um, you know, it's it's a shared um, process for certification here. There are actions um, that the school board and, and uh, completes at the uh, district level, such as policy actions. Um, there are things that the facilities manager and buildings and ground staff would be responsible for, such as integrated pest management. Um, there are things that uh, teachers would help implement, such as uh, completing a lesson that integrates education for sustainability. Um, so, so there's things that parents and um, other um, school uh, and community green teams can collaborate on, uh, such as community outreach and education or green teams. So um, I think that our partners um, and our leaders recognize um, that this is a valuable uh, program that works across discipline and really shares that responsibility for um, accomplishing these sustainability actions across many um, components of the school uh, the school community. Uh, we're talking with uh, uh, Donna Drews, uh, Heather McCall, and Scott McCartney about Sustainable Jersey for Schools. If anyone has a question, they can call 1-347-989-8904 and just press the number 1 and we'll get your question on to them. Um, Scott, I just want to follow up uh, with what um, uh, Heather said about the policy end of it. Did your board pass any policies? Uh, I'm sure they had to okay some of the the direction that you recommended, but uh, are there policies that you now follow that were new to the district? Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the most wide-scale policy is around energy program. Um, we, when we started to see the benefits, some of the success that we were having on a smaller level, we thought if we could apply that at a greater level with a more systemic approach, with a more organized approach and get some help in doing that, that we'd have greater success. So we engaged in a, a search really for some help in that regard. And we found a, a company called Synergistic, formerly Energy Education. And by partnering with them, uh, we developed an extensive energy policy. And it really outlines the school district's philosophy about energy and, resor and resources. It outlines some of our specific guidelines in terms of set points for using our heating and air conditioning systems. And it really gives us the, the basis for our conversation with our staff and our community. And um, it, it's helped because that conversation and ha being able to have a specific conversation and point people to a, a, a guiding document or a guiding force um, has really helped us to become common in our focus. And so not only did the, the district or the Board of Education and Lake Over Township support um, getting some help and using a, a a process uh, defined by energy education or synergistic. They also, as part of that, we were able to hire with some of our savings, as part of the savings, hire an energy manager um, who would work with the district and with our district facilities operations folks and helping them to stay focused on that. And that energy manager, um, you know, facilitates and, and really does audits all throughout the week at uh, occupied times in schools, unoccupied times, weekends, holidays, and helps us focus and keep focused around um, that policy. So I think the policy is a really important part, and it also shows that there's a, a full team approach. It's not just an administratively driven function or a board-driven function or even a school, but really the entire school community is behind and supporting uh, the work. And when there's challenges, we, we just go back or confusion, we go back to the policy. 
and we look at it, and it really clarifies what we need to do. So I think it's a critical, critical piece towards the success. Uh, Donna, uh, Heather used the word roadmap before, and in listening to Scott, uh, is one of the goals behind this is uh, not to change the way people, but at least to give them a long-term vision of how they look at their resources uh, as they move forward? Yes, absolutely, because... Right now, just like Scott said, um, you know, he's he's one of our shining star school districts in the state of New Jersey. And but you can uh, you can hear from from his conversation and what he shared with us. It starts with a few small areas, a few, a few small successes that your your school uh, that takes place at a school level, at a board level, um, that starts to to create that momentum and energy. So you know, the program really is that roadmap. Um, a lot of the the best practices that we in our short term our shorthand language call actions. These actions are things that we know, if schools do, will contribute to sustainability. So the roadmap means you don't have to figure out what you should focus on first. You can look at this list of 80-plus actions and see what you either are already doing in your school district um, or in your individual buildings. Um, think about things that you might want to move on, kind of that next level of, of practices that would have an impact in your school, and really create a framework for moving forward. Because what's great about the program is when, if you go to our website, which is uh, uh, www.sustainablejerseyschools.com, and you click on the actions, it really gives you the step-by-step, simple-language approach to how to do something. So um, when Scott was talking about the energy tracking and management, that's kind of what we call that action, where you document what you're doing, use behavioral changes to reduce energy, you track it, and you can articulate what it is. We give you guidance on how to do that, and we even say where there's companies that can help your schools or programs out there to help your schools do that. So, you know, we take kind of the guesswork out of it by by providing this really clear guidance and best practices um, that help help schools and school districts move forward as they're trying to implement a wide range of sustainability initiatives in their schools. Um, Heather, uh, I know Scott mentioned before that a lot of school districts are doing good things, and not just in sustainability, but they do things almost in isolation. And uh, Donna mentioned best practices. Is this also part of this this program? Is it'll be a place for people to see what other best practices are going on, and maybe not have to create the wheel? Absolutely. Um, as Donna mentioned, each one of the actions has sort of a step-by-step uh, process on exactly how to do it. And there's also an area for spotlights um, where um, a, a school or school district can see um, what another school in New Jersey is doing in this area and sort of uh, maybe contact them and, and uh, see how it was implemented. And as the program grows and um, in participation, um, you'll be able to click on the profile of, a, of an individual school or school district and um, see which actions they've completed and actually view um, the information that they submitted. So if you're having trouble, um, you know, making the case for uh, solar installation, um, you can, you know, bring bring those documents to your business administrator or your fellow board members and say, this is how another school did it. This is how they maybe over. Uh, came the challenge of the roof warranty, or you know whatever the obstacle might be um, in your in your case. And I, I should, uh, if the district wants to get involved and started in this, they could. It doesn't have to be district wide. They could maybe just start in one school if they have multiple schools. 
That's correct. Um, the very, very first step in participating in the program um, is the school board must pass a resolution um, to, of participation. So there's a there's a model for that on our website, sustainablejerseyschools.com, and they can customize that um, for their own school district. Once the school board has passed that resolution, uh, they'll upload that to our website and officially register the school district. Um, in just uh, in just over six weeks, we have uh, 15 districts currently registered across 12 counties, as well as three schools. So we're very excited about that. Um, and um, once that's completed, individual schools within that school district can uh, have their principals upload a letter of participation. So if the district has, you know, you know, 10 schools or 40 schools or two schools, um, not every school has to participate. You know, they can go at their own speed and uh, have that happen on the individual school level. The certification itself um, is awarded at the individual school level. Um, we do hope in subsequent years as as participation grows to um, recognize those districts that have 100% participation. But for right now, um, we, uh, we have the, the certification at the school level. Uh, and Donna, we mentioned before that municipalities uh, participate in this in a, in, to a large extent. Uh, do you encourage school districts to partner with those municipalities? Oh yes, because that's you know the reality is it's always easier if you can share the workload. Um, you know, actually Scott used kind of gave a great example of where where their Catawba project where they reached out to businesses in the communities yeah. and were looking to leverage those kind of resources, and that's exactly what we want our our schools to potentially do if they'd like to. Um, where there's an opportunity to collaborate on a community education and outreach project or where there's an opportunity to uh, partner, you know, we really would, you know, encourage our, our uh, municipal green teams and those those um, in those communities that are in our program to reach out to their school district and see where they might both work on the same type of activity. You know, for example, it's very popular for our municipal um, green teams to host a green fair. Well, as we were developing the schools program, we realized a lot of schools do um, Earth Day events, they do science fairs, they do a lot of, of programming where the broader um, community be, um, is invited into the school to celebrate and, and learn new things. So, you know, we predict that that's going to be a great opportunity where a school district and a municipality could join forces maybe even a few municipalities um, if there's m multiple sending districts within a school, uh, and do one event and share the workload, reach more um, parents and students and, and the broader community at large and the businesses, and, um, you know, potentially have a much more successful event. So we really are going to encourage um, our schools and um School, school districts and our municipal governments to, where appropriate, uh, to partner on actions in the program because it really really is a good way to start building some bridges and connections in the community. Uh, Scott, uh, as you move forward, uh, you want to touch on that? I, I actually was, because we're kind of in a unique position in Agarwood Township. Our municipality uh, is very busy with a lot of things, but all the group ha has not yet enjoined with the municipal side program. So we actually see the school's involvement may be a way to bridge uh, that gap with our municipality. So it could kind of, it works both ways. And just to that end, there are a ton of no-cost and low-cost uh, partnerships 
uh, almost every utility company works very nicely within their community. So I know some districts are discouraged sometimes because resources are fleeting and the challenges today are harder than ever, but there are a lot of things that come out there with no cost or very low cost that really can get that ball rolling. And once once you start to see that it's generating savings, and, and beyond just the fiscal resources, the the public relations side of it, I, I have found to be uh, a tremendous benefit to the school and to the community because our, our folks are out there are all struggling financially, uh, especially in our region with the casino industry. And people want to know, what are you doing as a school district? How are you helping me and as a taxpayer, as a resident of the community, as my kids? And this is one of the ways that schools can say, look, we, we understand that there are challenges out there and we're looking at every possible opportunity to save money, to be good stewards of the funds that you give us, and ultimately to help our entire community. So I think it's a great public relations process in addition to all the other benefits that we've discussed. Yeah, this, yeah, this, 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 Ray, I, it, no, it's Donna. Donna. One of the things that I just want to clarify, too, is that when you go to the actions in our program, so when Scott was mentioning that there's um, resources available, you know, one of the core values of our program is that if there's a free or no-cost um, or you know, low-cost program that's available for our schools that we really um, want to make sure that they're aware of, uh, we, we make sure that we list that program information in our actions. So, you know, so for example, if your school is thinking about maybe doing a school garden, you know, we list um, the different agencies and organizations like the Master Gardener Program, um, the County Cooperative Extension, the Soil Conservation Districts, and all these great partners that are there for, that would provide free technical services to the school and to the teachers um, and to the administration if they'd like to do that type of activity. So that's another way that participation in our program really can demonstrate that the schools, um, you know, is maximizing resources that are in some instances already there and available um, to help them take on a wide range of actions in their program. Mm-hmm. Um Scott, as you were talking, it seemed like one of the benefits for a school district uh, is it seems, and it's not really tied directly to sustainability, but it, I guess it is, is that the collaboration, it's building good relationship with the public, with the the municipality, with the business community, the teachers, and uh, the parents. Uh, that's not always easy to do, and this is a kind of a non-threatening way to do that. I, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think back to some of our Catawba projects and the multitude of people that were there to help. Uh, and and uh, it'll sound strange, but everything from Indian chiefs all the way down to, you know, uh, utility uh, coordinators or, or uh, officers or executives. Um, so it really brought people into our schools for different reasons. And it brought us to those people for different reasons than the typical. So we might have taken our kids to... Um, you know, a local recycling center to see how recycling is done from the home side. But now that conversation has pushed its way into the classroom and into the school. And not only are our kids recycling at both home and school, but they're organizing, they're communicating with some of those leaders in our community, and they're developing relationships um, that I think will not only help them in the present, but also in the future. And, and so as we're preparing kids for college and careers, we're making those connections with kids to all the different agencies and entities that exist um, for them to get to, to help and support. And we see that changing not only in our K-12 instructional um, program, 
and some of the courses, some of the avenues that we take our students, especially in the high school and middle school years, but also in our uh, beyond K-12 when we start to look at colleges, that careers that are falling under the sustainable um, pathway are, are expanding at a rapid rate. And so it, it's a great way to connect. It's a great way to validate the work that's going on in schools, and it's a great way to prepare students and communities for the future as, as making the best of all of our existing resources becomes paramount for not just school districts, but municipalities, but states, and, and really across the country. Uh, Heather, uh, it seems as I'm talking and listening to the, the three of you, uh, particularly Scott, when his experience seems like you kind of learn as you go along in this process that things come up that a benefit that they didn't even think of. In this process, I know you said that there was a a lot of actions that people can take, a lot of districts can take. Are there actions that maybe that you haven't thought of that a district might say, hey, I want to do this? Can they get credit for that from, from your uh, group? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, we recognize that we haven't thought of everything. Um, and in fact, for this first year, um, there were many more actions that we wanted to include, but decided to, you know, to sort of go with our top priority um, actions and key uh, starting point areas for schools. Um, but we also recognize, like you said, that there are some the, you know, teachers and students are wonderfully creative, and um, we actually have an innovative project um, component to the certification um, where uh, schools can be awarded up to 20 points um, for up to two innovative projects. And I should also note that the program is evolving. You know, our task forces continue to meet and um, develop new actions for the program and refine uh, the actions that um, we've launched this year is the first year of the program. So um, we'll be uh, learning from each other and um, continuing to make this uh, program better. And there are different levels. As uh, We don't have to get into the entire application process. People can go to your website for that. But there are different levels as you grow and, and add things to the district uh, actions. That's correct. There, um, there are two levels of certification. One is the bronze level of certification, uh, where uh, schools can choose um, out of the uh, over 80 actions um, any path to uh, accumulate their 150 points. Um, we ask that they work across uh, at least six of the 17 categories in our program so that their actions are spread across uh, some in people, some in planet, and some in prosperity. And then the silver le uh, level is for you know some of those leaders that uh, are out there in our, in our state um, where they need to accumulate 350 points um, and work across eight of the 17 categories, you know, really showing themselves as a school leader in this area. Uh, Donna, uh, we're actually kind of getting towards the home stretch, but we have some time. But uh, what is one final thought that you might uh, think that I haven't covered or asked you that you might want to touch on? Sure. Well, just kind of as a follow-up to Heather's description of the certification program and the levels, you know, we didn't make it clear that it is free uh, for school districts to participate in our program. Oh, you should um, have emphasized that part. We yeah, like that part of education. Yeah, free is, free is really important. Um, so it doesn't cost anything to um, get registered or participate in our program. We'll be doing extensive training uh, about the actions in our program throughout the year, and we do our training for free. So, you know, we really are here to support schools and their leadership um, that want to get in the in the program. And we, we're really excited um, and look forward to certifying that first round of school districts uh, and their schools uh, later on next summer. 
Uh, and Scott, uh, any word advice for your colleagues or board members? I know you work closely with your board about if they want to proceed in this area. Sure. I, I think every board really needs to look at it. You know, I, I think it's a big deal. Um, there's big savings, big dollars in behavioral change and that will benefit students. You know, when we make decisions as superintendents, we're always trying to find, you know, the win-win conversation. And when I think about this process, it's really a win-win-win-win conversation. Our students are winning because they're learning and being prepared for the future and they're learning in better ways. Our staff is winning because we're saving resources that keep them employed. Our community and taxpayer are seeing, seeing savings that offset tax implications, and at the end, we're doing good things for our environment and for sustainability for future generations. So I, I can't see a downside to it, and I would challenge every superintendent to take the risk and look and see what's going on in their school system and take that first step. And Heather, you have the final word. Anything that you want to pass on? Uh, yes, I would just encourage the listeners to uh, visit our website, sustainablejerseyschools.com, um, to look at the program, download, uh, you know, registration materials, um, and also uh, to talk about the, the free and the resources available uh, to the program. Donna mentioned training. Um, we also have a, a grants portal where um, we list funding opportunities that apply to schools and would support our program actions. And we're also, uh, we will be announcing a small grants program um, for the Sustainable Jersey for Schools program. We do have uh, one similar to that already existing in the municipal program, and um, we've awarded over a million dollars in small grants directly to municipal uh, green teams across the state, and we'll be mirroring that with the school program and uh, making grants available directly to uh, participating schools. Okay, that brings us to the end of the program. Thank you. And also there is a link to uh, Sustainable Schools for Jer Sustainable Jersey for Schools at NJSBA's website. Uh, I'd like to thank you, uh, Scott, for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. And Donna. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And Heather. Thanks, Ray. Okay, thank you. And that brings us to the end of this program. <laughs>